Welcome, Mike, to Big Content. We went over this last week. I do the welcome, bike, and then you intro. I'm Jack Settleman, CEO and founder of Snapback Sports. I'm Nick Ercolano, CEO, founder, and president of BDG. It's funny you say that. I gave all my employees, besides one, a title promotion this morning. Really? Yeah. What was the thought process behind that? So I was in Gusto, which if you guys are trying to run a small business, great payroll provider, mm-hmm. simplifies a lot of things. You use them? Uh, don't use them. We use QuickBooks. Wait, you pay your employees? You no, Will. Contra- I needed to be able to pay a contractor. <laughs> use QuickBooks? Wait, use QuickBooks, QuickBooks has like all the tools for taxes and all Payroll that. Payroll taxes, yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. We did, uh, I looked at Gusto yeah. when we were originally setting it up though. Anyways, use Gusto. I was in there because there was some insurance thing that I needed an address. And then I started looking at all my employees and I was like, wow, look at their titles. These are very, you know, I'm not a believer in titles because I think they don't do anything. But I must acknowledge that outside of our silly little companies, some people value titles because I think if you're trying to look for a new job. So in my text to my employees, I almost texted like you can now look for a new job uh, with your heightened title. It's kind of funny. I think. um like if I think if I went on QuickBooks right now and looked up the title, like their yeah. titles, I think Tony is like fake intern Tony still from when <laughs> we set it up on the company. But when we brought like JL on to be our CTO, yeah. that was one of the things because prior to coming here, he was not a CTO of a company, but he was like, I want if, if I'm coming on board, like that's what I want my title to yeah. be. And I was like, I don't care. Like, sure, you can have you could be the fucking CEO of the company right, for right. all I care. But I understand why it can mean something to employees. Um, for future purposes, right? Yeah. It's nice to say like I had that title here. Therefore, it's almost like we've talked about when negotiating deals with brands and sponsors and stuff. It's like you, you get to a level where you are like, this is how much I want to be paid. And then the next time, you know, you want to hit that mark yeah. or raise up from there. And I think that kind of goes along with titles as well, where, you know, if you become CTO or president or whatever, the, your next role shouldn't be a step back. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be a mid-level manager or something like that. So I think... Um, Titles are something that I guess people can strive for. It's not anything that I think really matters internally long-term. The actual title doesn't matter. It's funny. I always joke that in a perfect world, the way I would run an NFL team is I would make the coordinators the most high-paid position, and the head coach would effectively be like a figurehead who just answers questions and leads the team. Mm. And so when I put that out there, people are always like, yeah, but how are you – like?" how is the head coach not going to be the highest paid? They can't almost conceptualize that a title doesn't necessarily need to guarantee that you're going to be the highest paid in that situation. So uh, everyone got an upgrade. I did mention that there was no pay upgrade with it, which mm-hmm. I'm curious. That's if, that's like these the snake oil salesman, like uh, CEO founder move there. Yeah, It's like, guys, you this, this is your next step in your career. You're just not getting paid for it. <laughs> new title, new job responsibilities, new yeah. hours. Well, that's the thing. No one's responsibility actually changed, which is why I wanted to give everyone just, you know, I was bored, I guess, this morning and give them that upgrade. But I think really, really thoughtful of you yeah, about thoughtful. the future of your company. I was bored this morning, so I made this guy my president. You're acting, you're hanging Wait, out with me too You didn't much. hear? You now run the company? Yours? Yeah. I know that because I'm taking 25% of all your profit until you beat me in ping pong. <laughs> we don't even have a table yet. All right, let's hop into the topics for today. First up is one that I was very excited to talk about. And 
This kid goes by the name of Kevin Fitzgibbons. You may have seen the viral video where he uh, got fired by the NFL, got let go because Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown. Kevin jumps over to him, hands him the phone. Tyreek does a backflip with the phone in hand. Tyreek's video through this kid's phone actually gets posted on NFL channels. Tyreek gets fined. Sorry, I don't know if he got fined. He got flagged on the play on sportsmanlike conduct, taunting, whatever it was. Illegal celebration. So they pull the videos down. So the NFL actually celebrates the video because it was so dope and then pulls it down. Kevin gets fired because I guess he crossed the line, which was either handing. I, I actually don't know what the technical offense was. I heard something that it was like because he was jumping up and down and yeah, celebrating. So, so he celebrated. You're supposed I, to be unbiased. Is that I what guess it was? you're supposed to be it's almost unbiased. like a secure security guard is celebrating or yeah, something like that. Yeah, be more professional. I don't know. This this one is very interesting to me because I actually love and vouch for sports jobs and say that like the the reason why I'll never leave sports is because of the passion for it. And look, there's two sides to it. You need to be professional. I understand that. And if he broke an actual rule while doing this. That is a mistake, and he overstepped his boundary. On the flip side, I always use this analogy. Like, Apple will sell a trillion dollars worth of iPhones this Christmas season, and, like, no one in the boardroom is going to be, like, high-fiving, slapping each other on the ass, like, crying. But in sports, like, it's the one time where you get grown adults, like, crying over what is effectively a children's game. Obviously, it impacts more than that. So for this kid to get that moment, which the NFL acknowledged was super dope, but because of their rules... They had to pull it down. It just felt a little nasty. Now, he's obviously a content machine, so he puts it out. He already had hundreds of thousands of followers. I hit him up. I would, I would like, genuinely hire him. I was, dude, I was, I was thinking about it. I was like, that's – I thought about it. I, and, I'm like, we don't really have a need for him, but, like, that would be a power move. And it doesn't – and it wouldn't be a PR thing. That's the thing. You would benefit mm -hmm. from it, but I think just based off of how His he work took that – yeah. Exactly. I think he would be Did you really, get in touch with him? Uh, I just shot him off an email today. I wanted to kind of let things settle down. First. I was going to say, because now he I got almost, hit up by a million people. I was about to say now I almost feel like his leverage went up a thousand X yeah. since that, because yeah. it, it's almost like the NFL just kind of chose the wrong person to fuck with a little bit yeah. there. They didn't realize. And the sad part is they probably do that to so many people that don't actually have a platform. That's so true. they can't actually stand up for themselves where he played. Um, I mean, he played the sympathy card. Yeah. But. I think it was deserved, you know, because yeah. also no one likes the NFL. Like, no one likes the conglomerate of, yeah. like, the NFL. It's great to, like, kick them down. Me too. I That's why we. Yeah, uh, I, I was speaking for, you know, the public. Yeah, Me, yeah, though. Yeah. Um, as a CEO, founder, and president, <laughs> love the NFL. Love the Shield. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, like, I think he'll end up being in a better place. But it all came from good uh, intent again. Right. And the story about how he started, Did you have you seen, like, his other videos? Yeah. About how he, they're, they're pretty he got cool. in touch with Tyreek and yeah. all that. Yeah, his like rise up. And there he's was blown great. up Tyreek's stuff. Like yeah. it is I've always appreciated I didn't know he was actually behind Tyreek's stuff from the start, but I've noticed Tyreek's attention to content has been amazing. And yeah, I'm excited to see where he ends up. Yeah, I also think it's kind of like a point to like go back to the quality of work here, right? Because this could have happened to someone. And like the public would have had this outrage and like mm -hmm. outpour and and more like virtue signaling about it, but if if his work isn't up to par, yeah, then that fades away in a week, and then the opportunities don't really last, and all that stuff comes down to a halt. But he's been doing it for so long. The quality of work, the volume of work, like the what he's been doing, is right there. It's there, and, yeah. and and it's almost in in essence speaking to younger creators too, where you can have your viral moment, but a lot of times if you don't have that 
backed up portfolio of like, mm -hmm. I've been creating content for a couple of years. Like, here's what you could find afterwards. You know, it's like, oh, we have the one big video. Oh, I want to check out your channel. I want to yeah. check out your profile. Like what else do you have to offer me? If you don't have that, if you haven't been working on it for a long time, those things are extremely fleeting, especially in today's social platform where it's like anything can blow up at any moment. But if you haven't been, it's like, it's like, you're not, you're not trying to go viral, but you should be prepared for yep. when you do go viral yeah. is, is really the, the point here. And now he set himself up for success in the future, just given his work ethic, his talent behind the scenes. Cause now you have like the opportunity. Imagine just like a random camera dude gets reached out by you, right? Like such a dope opportunity. Yeah. And like the opportunities that he probably has now because of his talent level, like you're probably on the bottom of the totem pole. Like think about how crazy that is yeah. realistically. Like yeah. he's, he probably has one. I feel like the NFL is going to hire him back. If, if he wants a job too, yeah. he might just go freelance with Tyreek Hill and like two or three other huge NFL yeah. players, whatever. Well, Tyreek already said he's going to pay off his salary. I don't know what that figure actually is, but yeah, he he's everywhere. He was literally the story of the week. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's really a great story and in why being a creator and building your personal brand gives you leverage in this situation. Be ready for your moment, Jack. I'm ready. I'm ready. So let's talk about YouTube analytics really quickly. Um, what numbers are important to you when you are looking? We know that YouTube probably offers the most amount of data now. You've got Instagram and TikTok analytics, those stuff. So you can see who's sharing your stuff, how long people are watching. That stuff is actually important that you should be going over to know what hooks work, to know what, you know, how long people are sticking around. YouTube analytics have the most data. They have, you know, where people are coming from. They have how long people are watching for the click-through rate of the video. They really are for the most. Do you dive into YouTube analytics? So rarely. Really? Yeah. I, I almost never dive into YouTube analytics. Uh, what I do look at, pretty often is because we release videos, we get a lot of obviously data because yeah. we're releasing videos daily on multiple channels. Now mm -hmm. at this point, you see that click through rate and you see the average watch time and you see um, that type of stuff on the main dashboard. So you get a feel for things and you start to connect. Was it the title? Was it the thumbnail? Like, mm -hmm. what is it that's getting that one out of 10 score? What is it that's getting that like 13.7 click through rate? Um, and something interesting that we actually just did a few days ago is I exported all of the YouTube analytics for the trivia channel and I uploaded them to chat GBT mm. and I said, um, can you give me feedback or find commonalities between the best performing, you know, videos that we had on there via click through rate. And it came back with like a list of 10 things that were, I thought most of them were very like buzzwordy yeah. like oh this this title was like very engaging you <laughs> yeah, should be. i'm like oh, thank you like yeah. obviously if it's doing well that's why but it had some specific things and i think that's like another kind of cool aspect of chat gpt and i think i probably did it poorly because i don't really use it often enough to really like dive into good prompts but like jl is really excited about that yeah. the other thing it doesn't really necessarily do is take thumbnails into account um for analytics so i, I do think like the base level looking at click-through rate um, right off the rip will give you a really good sense of whether or not the video is something that your audience like wants to actually mm -hmm. watch. Because if they're going to click on it, it means that the title is probably something that they're really interested in. Can you Got explain it. more specifically what click-through rate is on YouTube? Like sure. what what is the click and what are you clicking through to? Okay, so click-through rate literally means the percentage of people that were shown your video in some capacity or another. It could be on your profile. It could be when you go to youtube.com and they show you those like eight random videos that could be from people you subscribe to or could be from people that they think you'll like when it showed up on that screen, 
if you click it to go to the video, that is the click through rate. So if your video is shown a hundred times to, you know, a hundred random people and 12 people click through to watch the video, you will have a 12% click through rate. So it's just simply the percentage of people that clicked on it based on um, the number of times it was shown. And what do you think is like a successful number there that you can strive for realistically if you're a beginning content creator, medium yeah. level? It will vary from industry to industry a lot of the time, and it will vary on um, specific types of content, I suppose. I think the most successful ones, they'll shoot up really early on for the first like 24 hours. I think you and me have both had this experience yeah. where we've had ones where they'll they'll get to like over 20% click-through rate. That means you have a really strong subscriber base people know exactly what you're offering them yep. because they know that, oh, I'm getting a video from this channel. It's exactly what I subscribed for. It's exactly what I'm going to get when I click it. So you can get up to that. It will trickle down because what will happen is YouTube gets really strong readings saying like, wow, 25% of people click through this. Let's show it to more people. Yep. So it will start trickling out of just your audience and me showing it to people who are not subscribed to you. So naturally the click-through rate will start to come down over the next 24 hours. So you might go from like 25% and this is what we had with like trivia. We were up at like 25, 27%. Um, by the next day, it'll drop to like maybe 17% and then eventually kind of go down to maybe the 12, 11, 10%-ish range. I don't think those numbers are realistic unless you have a really strong subscriber base right off the rip. Um, I think... The goal is like 10 to 12%. I would say 10 to 12 is really strong. Yeah. Really good, really strong. And that number will eventually drop off. The more you scale, you'll probably end up in like the 6 to 8% range if it's a really, really strong. Yeah, um, like I'm looking at our punchline stuff right now. And the Patrick Queen episode, which has 35,000 views, is at like 6%. But I know on day one, it was, I mean, the first three hours, it's like 20-something percent. By the end of day one, it's like 10%, 12%. So... Uh, that's why we deleted our channel was because the click-through rate initially on videos would be like 3% because it, it wasn't, it it either showed it to the wrong people or the people who were showing to What's the click-through rate on your new one, on the new channel? On the new channel, so we had, our most recent video did not do well and that you could tell from the click-through rate was like, it was like 4%. Mm-hmm. Um, just like it was like six percent after day one now down to three and a half percent the one that's got ten thousand views um is at 5.6 percent but after day one was 14 percent. So, so one other thing i do want to add on to and when youtube releases its a b testing for thumbnails next year the winner of the a b test is actually going to be chosen not based on click-through rate but based on average watch time mm-hmm. so what that tells me is your click-through rate might be lower. Maybe your video is really specific, yeah. right? Like it might be a video that only speaks to a small fraction of your audience. But if the average watch time is really strong, that means that those people love that video. So you made a great video for a very niche audience. And that to YouTube is a stronger indicator than just getting people to click on whatever the title is, because obviously the longer they watch it, the more intrigued they are by the video, the better the video is, the more engaging it is rather than just getting that initial click. So it is the packaging up front can't be understated, but it's a combination of you got to get people in the door and then you got to get them to be able to stay as well. So it's a combination of good packaging, great energy, great content, all the above. So a low click through rate with a very high average watch time is not a bad thing, but if they're low on both ends, then it's bad packaging, probably bad content, or just shooting it out to the wrong audience. Like if I just made a fucking 
cooking video on our fantasy football channel. Click the rate would be terrible. Watch time would be terrible because that's not what people are expecting, nor is that what they subscribe to. Yeah, so my comments on that are you kind of gave an example of what might not work or what would show long average AVD, as we call it. A high click-through rate could be something that doesn't necessarily match the video, so it could be clickbait quite mm-hmm. literally, and that's why I think YouTube is going to favor the the AVD. And I like that. So, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want people to be discouraged by click-through rate, but if you find both metrics being low, then it's something that yeah. you need to work on for sure. Absolutely. We Good actually... Questions, Will. Yeah, we, we look a lot at uh, YouTube analytics so much so I would say we're in the complete opposite of you. But you, this is, this is what it's like to have been on a platform forever. If you were to look at the analytics, you, would, you have a general feel. And sure. that's just so many repetitions. It's like shooting a basketball a million times. It's like, do you really look at your form? You know, Steph Curry studying his form. Maybe sometimes on catch and shoot and different things and he wants to get better, which is what you're doing. But like they're not actually checking his form every single time as opposed to us where we start a new channel and it's like we want to make sure our throwing motion is is fixed because we had messed that up. So we actually have a weekly meeting every week with Trent, who is our YouTube consultant, and we go through you know the drop-off rate, which that number is another important number. So how many people are watching after the first 30 seconds? You want to see that anywhere from like, 60 to 75 percent we're trying to get to like a 65 percent range there i will say too yeah like i don't have i I don't really look at the numbers like that but what i've done recently especially over the last year or so is i've taken out like long-winded intros yeah um for a lot of the times i i had the attitude of like you know my typical attitude where it's like i'm you're gonna hang out with me for a couple minutes before i get into the shit i want to talk about (laughs) but i've gotten right into videos now and i'm like listen if i probably helps it it definitely helps for sure i could tell there's a lot of people that are like thanks for getting right to the video whatever and we'll use timestamps and stuff so i'm playing the game a little bit more where it's like i was so against it for really no reason because i a lot of me thought like okay if i can't like sit here and be myself and like give off my personality you could still do that you could still do both that's a, yeah both. that's a big it's a big point though like you haven't you're playing the game but you haven't stopped playing your game per right. se right like yep. you're still playing within the rules and the algorithm which i feel like i was pushing you on a little bit mm-hmm. but you still do need to be yourself or else you just turn into a robot here's my fantasy rankings yeah. here's this yeah. no one it's, really it's easy to like go off your instinct but then again i, I think one of the biggest helpers is really like trying to take yourself out of being a creator and become a consumer Mm -hmm. and watch other YouTube videos and be like, what is the thing that would make me click off? What is the thing that like really irritates me and don't do that (laughs) in your video? You know? Yeah. I think it's almost like a selfish viewpoint. Most creators, unsuccessful creators have or struggling creators have where it's like, do you want to like flip it around, right? Go watch your video and be like, this is boring. Like, mm-hmm. why would I watch this? Like, I need to cut this. I need, like, no one really cares about this. You, you really have to be brutally honest with yourself about the content. Yeah. Roberto Blake, helping 10,000 creators go full-time and earn six figures and 100,000 get monetized. I can't All right. find it. He's kind of got, got our vibe. Yeah, he, he helps creators for the most part. He's a big YouTube guy. But I thought this thread was, or this uh, tweet he put out was kind of cool because it focuses on people who are not full-time YouTube creators Mm -hmm. and like how much time they can expect to put into videos, depending on how many videos a week that they want to um, put out. And I, I I think the, one of the reasons this clicked with me and helped is because when you're a creator, especially when you are a part-time creator or, you know, you're, you're working a full-time job and then you're like, "Ah, I want to make videos on the side. 
a lot of the reason I think it's overwhelming is because there it's just pure uncertainty. Everything about it is uncertain. Like, is this video going to be good? Am I good at this? Do I even want to do this long term? Like, am I going to make money? All that kind of stuff. And stuff like this coming from someone who's a successful creator, almost giving you guidelines to work within, yeah. I think relieves a lot of anxiety for creators. Like if you know that like, even if the hours seem like a lot of hours, but having something finite where you're like, I should work on this video mm -hmm. for five hours or 10 hours probably makes you feel better about the video rather than being like, oh, should I, am I supposed to work one hour on this? Am I supposed to work 20 hours on this? Like what is the actual goal for this kind of thing? And I think this tweet that we'll, we'll put up, um, he kind of breaks it down into like, the number of hours you could put into videos, how well they're probably going to come out to. And I think it's a good guideline. And I also think um, something like Alex Ramosi talks about all the time is when he like finishes a project or he has someone do something for him. Mm -hmm. And then he asks them, all right, if I gave you another hour or two hours to work on this, how much better could you make this? And the person's always like, oh, well, I could have done this and then added this and added this. And it's like when you have the flexibility to do that, that's the way I think you should look at projects where it's like, all right, if you did this, if you edited this video for three hours, you came back to me with the final result and I was like, this is pretty good. If I gave you another three hours, could you double the amount of uh, quality that yeah. it is kind like of thing? Like where are the diminishing returns? Exactly. Like, yes, you should probably work till, you know, you could go from 95 to 99%, right? Like yeah. if it's at 95%, you've probably done well. But if you're like, oh, it's 75% as good of a product as it could be, like you should probably spend those, like even if it's double the work to just increase, yeah. that stuff's important. And I, th I think it's it's helpful in the sense that like, trying to get to the point here, sorry. It's like, if you're working 40 hours a week full-time and you say to yourself, hey, I'm gonna make two videos a week on top of my full-time job and commit 20 hours to it, mm -hmm. 10 hours for each video, you might finish video number one and say like, oh, you know what? I worked on this for six and a half hours instead of 10. Yeah, I have three and a half extra hours. Can I make this better? Can I improve the thumbnail? Can I use that extra three and a half hours to now make social clips? Like that's kind of the way that I would approach it. And it helps to give you bumpers as you are creating from someone who's been a successful creator. I think a lot of people are looking for permission on how to like succeed or how to uh, proceed, I should say, as creators because of the uncertainty who's, level. Who is it the Joker whose quote is about like everyone loves a plan even if, what what is it? We've we've like literally did this like yeah. two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, what is it? Um, everybody, I don't fucking know, I forget. <laughs> He's in the hospital bed, I remember, yeah. 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 And the point is, as long as there's a we plan. We got to figure that out. For as long as there's For a when plan. you bring it up again in two weeks. Yeah, so. exactly. So, because what, what this makes me think of, which is different than your viewpoint, is like, think about the plan of going to college, right? You're going to go into a lot of debt. You're going to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. But as long as there's, there's, by the way, there's not even anything promised on the other end, but like it's a known path that there's a good chance, right? If you flip it into YouTube, it's like, okay, if you went into, you know, hours and hours and hours and thousands of dollars into debt, there will be an opportunity on the other side. It's just the, uh, it's the unknown that people think there is a known on the other side of, of college. So yeah, and I just personally- Give yourself a plan. To you want do. the Joker quote? Yeah, what is it? It's like nobody panics when everything goes according to the plan, even if the plan is horrifying. There you go. So you like if you have the a banger. plan, it makes you feel a little bit secure. Right. Um, and, and it gives you like a a, a staircase to kind of walk mm -hmm. up as well and like improve. And based on that, like actual the actual numbers and stuff in that guideline, they're they're relatively accurate. Because I think about the volume that we put out in terms of number of videos a week and it could get anywhere to 
you know, three to five hours per video. But then I think of someone like Brett, who's told me it sometimes takes him 50 to 60 hours yeah. a week to make one video. Yeah. And I'm like, there are multiple types of creators, but you could see the extra work he puts into it gives him a much higher like production quality type of video. And yeah. it depends on what your audience is looking for. I mean, to get one video out the door for us on the new channel, it includes tra traveling to a new city. Um, it includes shooting at that city. So it could be anywhere from a multi-day shoot like we did for Dallas to five-hour shoot at the game. Also, like the ideation game. of what you're going to do for Casey's the Casey's ideating, scripting. We're meeting with the consultant. You've got a uh, YouTube thumbnail designer where we go back and forth and have multiple different variations of. Like, it. it's a full work week to, mm -hmm. to get out a video. And then the video gets 247 views, and you're <laughs> like, God damn it. This is the worst. But... You also know that you fail a test or you get a C on a quiz and it really isn't different. And it's that longevity mindset. Like no one would go to college if they thought the first job out of school was their final job. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not even the company. I'm talking about the final job that you're going to end up working, like the final job title or even the level you're going to get to. So it's. I feel like we preach longevity all the time and, yeah. and, and th thinking about this stuff. And that's why it's important. It's like you, you spend all that, all that time and resources. Like you don't, as a creator, you don't have to spend for sure the money to do it. Right. Like at in all. the beginning, you don't have the money to spend. You have time. You can either invest time or money into making content into yeah. almost anything in life, right? Like yeah. any, any pursuit that you're going after time or money. And eventually you invest enough time that turns into money. And then you start investing that money in order to get time back. Like yes. that is the cycle yes. for a creator. And what we've learned is, I thought that throwing money at YouTube was going to be a solve for us. It ain't. You can't for you can't rush brand. You can't force brand. You just can't. Nope. And as much as we spend towards it, it's like, yeah, we still do a video that got two hundred and forty seven views and uh, you know, we're changing the thumbnail because we are trying to make it better and we're trying to capitalize on these things. But uh, there's no guarantees, which I guess is kind of counterproductive to the conversation. But there is a guarantee that if you put in the work over time You'll if, learn and you'll get better and I'm exactly. sure it will work out It will, because you know, you'll force it to fucking work. Yes. This next topic is on selling out. Have you ever sold out in your opinion? I don't, I don't think so. I, I can't think out. of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, like a serious sellout move. Serious sellout? Probably not. Yeah. I'm sure I've done like stupid shit that I didn't feel good about doing, but yeah. nothing. I don't know. I, I just, my mindset, I feel like is way too long term to ever do something I didn't yeah. want to do. I mean, I've definitely like done sponsored reads for ads that I didn't really want to do, right. but never like long-term never. Okay. But let's start okay. there because I think, I think mm, that is, I guess I do have, what's your sellout. Ah, it's not really a sellout though. I don't even also know if I want to put it on the record here too. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Let's scrap that from the record, but let's say your statement is, is doing good business selling out. That's the question. Disaligns with your long-term plan or maybe your morals or, so then it probably the isn't good your, business, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think long, it's easy to look at good business short term. Yeah. Because good business short term, what, what can be good business short term other than financial incentives? Right. Right. There's not a lot of things that come to my mind. I don't think yeah, at yeah. least long term business incentives could mean a million different things. It opens way more up. So I think you can sell out, I guess, for short term incentives. But I, I in my opinion, kind of, I, I think when I think of selling out, I think of it more from moral ethical, maybe, yeah. maybe not yeah. moral ethical, but like somewhere middle ground between financial okay, and moral like, ethical. Like here's an example. Uh, 
gambling is obviously a topic of discussion, right? We work with two fantasy companies. Uh, you've worked with a company that was a sports book in Mojo or licensed mm-hmm. to be a sports book. And so I think if you weren't necessarily into gambling, but you saw it as a big money opportunity, right? Like maybe that could be considered selling out. 100%, yeah. Uh, one thing that for me I would never do, which would be considered bad business because it probably could make us some money. I would never advertise or promote uh, tobacco products at Snapback. Yeah, I'm, see, I'm see that, that to me goes yeah. towards like unethical, immoral in right. a sense, right? But but like Barstool does it. Are you pro or? But ethics again? and morals are, in my opinion, subjective. No, no, I'm saying like, are you pro? Would you do it? And then would you would you consider yourself a sellout if you promoted that? It would be it would be um, it would be on a case by case basis. If yeah. we're talking about like, like Blue Chew or or whatever, that I'd be fine yeah. promoting Blue Chew. Yeah. Like I would never do that because that's just like I wouldn't. I don't believe in that stuff. Okay. Um, so I, I don't even know if I, I, I just think it would be funny. Like I'm okay yeah. if I don't think it's wrong. <laughs> like if, if blue chew doesn't hurt people mm-hmm. and I think it could be made into like a funny read yeah. or a funny commercial or something, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I have no problem. Well, with that's it. the thing. There's always going to be a question of, does it hurt people? Does alcohol hurt people? It's legal. Sure. For 21 plus, but you're, I mean, okay. everything hurts people then. Like exactly. gambling hurts people. hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Um, I, I like alcohol, I'd be fine promoting. Yeah. Like if fucking high noon or whatever, like yeah. came to us and we're like, yeah, hey, we want to be your yeah. sponsor. I'd be like, yeah. yeah. Also it's products that we use too. For sure. I'd be using blue chew before every episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so this all comes because I, I tweeted out, my buddy asked me if I would sell out for a sweet ticket to the big 12 championship. I said, absolutely not. The roof I was raised under means I was raised with honor. Speaking of roofs, the absolute best roof, roofing company in the game is Parsons commercial roofing since 1948. See you on Saturday. So I, I made a mockery of it, obviously. And it was a very harmless, it wasn't an yeah. actual partnership. My buddy is, friends who run this company had an extra ticket and they were like oh Mm -hmm. would you promote them i was like yeah of course i'll post something silly about it i'm not doing like a brand deal for it would parsons roofing company the the why i felt comfortable making like a mockery of the whole thing was because even if they wanted to get into a partnership together i wouldn't do it based on no one in my audience is going to listen to me for where they go get their roofs done. So that leads to part two, which is I posted a picture. So the Bengals play the Jags on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Ravens are in a funny situation where they actually need uh, Cincy to win. Burroughs after the season, they're a non-threat. The Jags are competing with the Ravens for the one seat. I have a photo from last year traveling to every third or every Monday at football game with Evan McPherson, who I did. Uh, he came on one of our podcasts in, back in the day. Uh, actually, one of the most interesting people that I've ever talked to in sports. The mechanics behind kicking a ball would like blow your mind. He's talking about revolutions, all this different. Yeah, stuff. I know about that stuff. You do. That's why when you kick a 40-yard field goal, you're going to miss. Anyways, I took a picture with him, and last year I had a stylist for the games, and my stylist, who was actually Marlon You had a stylist for the games? Yeah. You're a sellout. Uh, No, that was Casey. It's funny because I was like- Huh? What does that mean? That so we crazy. so essentially what happened last year, we went to like eight to ten games and I would be on the sideline just like wearing a random jersey or like where like I don't I'm not a fashionable person. And he was like, we know. you need to look the part. 
like, you look like a slob. Like, you look like an idiot. And I was like, okay, I kind of agree. Like, what would it look like? And I was also getting, <laughs> I was getting pressure from. Unreal. He's <laughs> such a sellout. I was getting pressure from Hallie at the same time being like, you look like a noob, like, essentially. And I, I don't just, I agree with those reports. Anyways, I get the style. This is tough. Jack's going through it right I now, just, I can tell. <laughs> I just wore whatever he would give me, and he gave me a Bengals jersey. But it was like a throwback Boomer Sison jersey. And so I posted this picture after Evan hit the game-winning field goal to propel the Ravens to the one seed, being like, who day? And Ravens Twitter is like, you can't be a fan. Like, I would never do this. Okay. All this stuff. Okay. So obviously, that part's a joke. I'm not taking offense to that. But good example. Huh? It's a good example. It's though. a great example. Yeah. Okay. That feels sellouty. Okay. But is this the sellout? I did it to kind of like troll. I knew the reactions that I would get from that. Um, and it's funny if you want to talk about like the back background background to it. I actually don't view Cincy as like a, a rival of the Ravens. Obviously, they're a rival. But growing up, the Bengals were like pretty irrelevant. Like it was the Steelers. Those that's like the real rival, and I wouldn't wear their jersey. Okay, fast forward to tomorrow. I'll be in Pittsburgh, and um, you know every week we email the NFL who connects us to the team, and we say, hey, we would love to you know come do a takeover, post content, all this stuff in exchange for you know taking over their story or getting field passes or just getting tickets. So last year wasn't a problem except with the Saints because the Ravens played the Saints. And I was like, let's not reach out to them. I'm not going to go to a Ravens game in a Saints jersey, right? This year. Happy. Them, happy you found some morals. <laughs> then we went to Pittsburgh and Alex was like, what do you want to do? Like, you can't. I assume it's going to be the same case. I was like, of course not. Anyways, he messaged Pittsburgh and warned them of, you know, who I am, my status. <laughs> And they sent a message back that actually said, understanding who Jack's fandom aligns with, we're happy to have him out to the game, get you field passes and tickets. All you have to do is remain neutral, right? So, like, you can't come and, like, start shitting on the Steelers and the stadium and the food and all this stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to be in a Steelers jersey. That actually is the one jersey I wouldn't put on unless you paid me. <laughs> Well, we do this whole bit where we go around and we do short form content where we ask fans, like, would you put on this jersey for a hundred bucks? And no Steelers fans would put on a Ravens jersey. Who's who's your who's the Falcons biggest rival? Is there a Saints. team Saints? For would sure. you put on a Saints jersey for any amount of money? For a picture? Yeah. Because I'm not like a psycho sports fan. Right. Like my identity's not wrapped up in that. Hundred percent. And I think that's like I get the people who whose identities are. I, I get it too, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I understand, I understand the full scope of it. All right. Let's talk about the actual business of it. It's good business because the content will be much better with me on the sideline and having that access and also I don't have to pay for fucking tickets to go to this game. Yeah, that's kinda lit. Uh is this selling out? No. I, I think it'd be selling out if you if I wore the jersey. If you were like all in a, you were pretending to be a Steelers fan for the night. Like, that would be selling out to me, for sure. Would, should I, like, would you be okay with that? For it being, because my argument would be, it, at that point, it would actually be bad business, because I've built so much of the brand on right. being a Yeah, yeah, so. I think it would be bad business. I think yeah. it would, I wouldn't do it, no. Like, if they were, yeah. they're like, we're only offering you this if you wear the Steelers jersey, whatever, yeah. like, we'll put you in box, you know, all that kind of shit. Yeah. I, I, I think it'd be bad for you to do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't own a, a Steelers jersey, but I think I mm. do own a, not only that, I think they got me a McPherson jersey too. Um, 
I should take a picture in that, get the people going. But, yeah, I think selling out is if it, it really only comes from, like, inside, right? So I can sit there knowing all the trolling and screaming, like, cancel the podcast because I know I'm a Ravens fan deep down. But I think if you have to question if you're doing the right thing, then you probably are selling out. Does that mean it's the end of the world? No, but it, it matters. And if you're in this thing for the long haul, that stuff's going to matter. Now, I think the way that we apply this conversation to the newer creator is they're actually met with the most, not opportunities, but the most cases where I think they're faced with this decision. Like when we've built up enough leverage to where we don't have to sell out to get that great piece of content because I could go do it at 15 other stadiums this year, not everyone's granted that opportunity. So what would you suggest to the newer creator, whether it's with a brand that they're maybe not in love with, with a company that they're maybe not in love with, where they possibly have to fake it or have to convince themselves that they're into it? Um. Okay, so I guess I have conflicting views. I almost think that the way I would look at it is imagine yourself where you are now if you're a beginning creator, but then also picture yourself in 10 years as imagine you're a successful creator. Mm-hmm. I would try to make the same decision. Okay. I would try to take leverage out of there because I also think if you're going to act that way in 10 years, the only way you actually get to be that person is by acting that way now. You know what I mean? Like, I, but I've also been in the position where I think I've probably, if it's a 51-49 decision, I have taken maybe short-term incentives over longer-term incentives if all else is equal. Mm-hmm. So this this feels like one of those positions where I think I can give better advice than maybe decisions that I've made yeah. in my life at some point. Like, would you say you made mistakes in the past? I wouldn't look at them as mistakes. I don't think but i don't know if they've always aligned with my long-term thinking in a sense and i think i'll give you an example like we had always worked with underdog as our exclusive partner for a long time and one year rather than working with them we worked with a company called monkey knife fight which no longer exists monkey knife fight was not a well-known brand at the time monkey knife fight their product was not up to par with underdog Mm -hmm. they didn't align with our audience as much but the financial incentive from them was way larger Mm -hmm. so it wasn't necessarily like 50 50 or even like 55 45 it was significant to to me and where i was at that point i don't even know if i needed the money at the time or if it was just like the shiny object of like whoa i'm young and this is a lot of fucking money being (laughs) thrown my way kind of thing so when i look at that that's one of those situations where it's like that doesn't align with who i am now yeah but my counter is Sometimes you have to take that for the greater good. And, and I use this example, right? We worked with TickPick, which is a company with no fees and a company that I still suggest for tickets. But now we take on ad dollars from SeatGeek. And so how do I believe that if I still use TickPick to buy tickets a lot of time? Because the angle that I look at is like SeatGeek's money allows us to grow our company and grow content, which is delivering value back to the fans. And I think that's the biggest difference is like we... It's, it's a different arrangement. If you ask me what's the cheapest tickets in the world, I might still suggest TickPick, even though I probably am not allowed to. But if you were to ask me, like, who to use for ticketing, you support me by going to SeatGeek and using our code. We're going to take that funds and then reinvest it into the company. I think if you start to lean more in, like, a heavy profit system where you're drawing money out, that... That won't that, work long term. Right, yeah. that conversation. But, like, 
people see our money is going to Marlin, our money is going to YouTube. Like, it's not just, I'm not, you know. At the end of the day, you have to be giving more than you're getting, I yeah. think. You know, like maybe you make one of those choices or two of those choices, but make sure you make three, four, five choices in the other direction where it's more valuable for the audience and the customer. Yeah. I think at the end of the day. It's, it's real it's, life You're going to make mistakes, yeah. You're going to make mistakes, but I think at the end, yeah, just make sure you're 51, 49 in the right direction. That's all I got. You got anything else? Mm. Subscribe. I'll never forget. Next week, to. next week we're gonna we're gonna be doing a predictions episode. Ooh. So we are gonna come with our. Um, did did someone one of you actually list out what to predict? Because you said you're working on it. I already have ten things written down. But so it's no prompt. You're just making predictions. I'm making predictions for the just creator economy. the creator economy social platforms. Like you don't think we should have prompts for it? What do you mean by that? I Meaning like what platform is going to win in 10 years and why? No, what? because I don't I don't think we should. I think your predictions should come from things that you just truly believe in. Like I don't think there needs to be an avenue that we push down because that I think is going to make me say something that I don't actually believe in. Like I, I have, I think, 10 things written down that I'm like, I am 95% certain within the next like five years, these things will become true. But I don't want to be like picking platforms just because like we kind of have to. Okay, you know what I mean. All right, if you want to come get... with prompts, no, 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 no. I, I wasn't like sure if that's. Feedback. I was, <laughs> I wasn't sure if that's how you wanted to. In do it. five years, we're gonna buy you out. Yeah, and strip you for parts. You promise? Yeah. How much? Not much. <laughs> Not much. Why would you want us then? Let's plug our social handles as well. Oh, we're at it. Yeah. Go ahead. You're a plug guy. No, you're, you're, you're the sellout. You're, <laughs> you're the sellout. <laughs> We didn't uh, even go bring follow up us. when I did my COVID ad. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I thought you would might get to it or not, but I feel like we've not a sellout because I believed in getting the vaccine. Yeah, like see that that's something. Yeah. If I believed in it, like I I wouldn't consider myself a sellout. For yeah, that. make sure you're following us on TikTok, Big Content Podcast, on Instagram, Big Content Podcast, and subscribe on YouTube. We've also got the full podcast versions up there, just under Big Content. Anywhere you could listen to us yapping. Yeah, your ear holes. All right, last question. Hang. Is there a price you would just sell out for? Sure. What is it? Well, what's the, like, give me live the. Live golf. Like, you know. Live golf. You, no, you know what hey, I mean. Hey, easy like, there. Easy. I was about, that, <laughs> felt, that felt personal. That was crazy. That did feel no, personal. No, no. That but, did feel personal. But give, me, think, give me the context. Like, no, what am I. We talked about this month. What ago. am I doing? Like, so you are, you are selling BDGE to. Oh, you mean like selling the company, not like doing and, something that you would consider being a seller? No. Like, all right, who who would, I don't want to, like, shit on anyone, but, like, uh, Outkick, you know, Clay Travis. Like, I think he's the biggest loser in the world. Yeah. I would never go work for him and sell my company to him, right? Okay. Unless it was X amount of dollars. Yeah, there, at, no, there, there's a there's, there's a black no, and white for me. There's, there's a black no and white. price. If there's someone, like, the way that you just came off about yeah. him, if someone's in my mind about that, yeah, there's not a price for it. 100 mil, Travis. There's not a I, will, I don't care. Like, he's not one of those guys on my list, so yeah, maybe yeah. I'd think about that. Yeah. But if if there was someone that I didn't like or I, like, despise and yeah. I was, like, not There's a good no person, price. nobody I fuck with. No, no, no. Like, yeah. no, no price. No price. Not one price. billion dollars. What does a billion dollars mean to after 10 million? Like, there's no difference. What? What do you mean there's no difference? I'm That's coming here every time. single day and just making videos anyways. It doesn't <laughs> matter to me. <laughs> you wouldn't want to disappear with your bill? No. Where You'd am I going to disappear to? Fucking Brooklyn? I don't know. <laughs> I could just do that tomorrow <laughs> with how much I make my $60,000 salary. Do you pay yourself? Yeah, $60,000. Wow. 
pretty good. That is good. Huh. You would get a promotion in my company. <laughs> <laughs> what title would I have? If you worked for us. You'd you definitely would... be like your vice president of sales. Yeah. Vice president like of operations. Yeah. Now nah, you'd be, you'd, you'd be HR. I've seen the way you handle your employees. I'm nice with it. 